0: Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Uh, The first thing that that I want to just emphasize is that God is in the habit of giving spiritual gifts, but sometimes we can misunderstand that. We can think that God is giving me the gift of healing or giving me the gift of prophecy or, or wisdom or knowledge or, or uh, uh, whatever. And we talk about that, and that makes some sense, but it makes more sense to understand that God is giving the gift not to me, but through me. So that if God bestows a gift of healing and uh, I don't know, Brian or somebody prays for somebody and that person is healed. Who was the recipient of the gift? The person who was healed. And Brian was uh, God's conduit, God's uh, partner in the uh, process. If, if you hear a, a prophecy, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Somebody hears God speaking and passes on what God is saying to you. You're the one who receives the gift. It's just the other person God is using to deliver that gift. And so, um, we have slides. So, the thing I want to talk about today is how we are the gift, And I I want to focus some on this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, This is from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians uh, in Corinth, which is in Greece. And um, Paul wrote several letters to them. And uh, this is from one of them. Paul wrote, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul was really an extraordinarily gifted guy. He was uh, brilliant. He was persuasive. He was a powerful public speaker. God used him to heal people. Um, God used him to start churches all over that part of the world. Uh, God gave Paul a lot of gifts. And Paul knew that the gifts weren 't for him, they were through him for other people and as, as I was uh, uh, thinking about meditating on this passage, um, one of the things that jumped out at me was the idea of being disqualified. right there at the very end, Paul says that he 's uh, doing all of this discipline so that he won 't be disqualified and so I wondered about that, and it gave me a chance to geek out a little bit and to do a bit of a word study. And so, um, that was fun. So, have you ever in a movie scene? Uh, I'll see it in an old western sometimes, so somebody gives somebody a coin, and that person bites it and tries to bend it. Have you ever seen that? Okay, for those of you who haven't, yes, that has happened in movies. And, <laughs> And biting it and bending it, what's what's the person doing? He's seeing, is this authentic? Is this really money, or is this some kind of a uh, counterfeit deal? And in Greek, the the word um, um, adokimos, it's a metaphor. Originally, it meant metal that was pure, or not pure, like a coin that was really valuable or or just junk, and then that grew into a metaphor of somebody being worthless, rejected as false, disreputable, and one of the cool things in Greek sometimes is um, the letter A before a word can mean the exact opposite of the word without the A. And so just like disqualified means the opposite of qualified, right? Adokimos means it's uh, the opposite of dokimos. And, you know, it gives you a chance to understand a little bit better uh, what, what they were thinking when they used the word. And, and a person who was dokimos, a person of, of true worth, a person who was approved, authentic, who showed exceptional worth or character. And something, I don't like talking about this, but, um, and I won't talk about it long, but um, sometimes we hear about it, it happens in the church, there are especially leaders who, whom God has gifted to lead, but then they end up adokimos. They end up disqualified. And you've, you've heard the stories, uh, uh, sexual impropriety, uh, people uh, embezzling money, um, just uh, stuff that, uh, uh, it breaks my heart. And it is so um, counter to what God's trying to do through the church. But God transforms us into people who are dokimos, people who are qualified, who have that worth, that character. And we access God's transforming power to change us from dokimos to dokimos uh, when we seek Jesus. Another thing I was thinking about with this is um, how motivation matters, uh, especially when we're accessing uh, uh, or exercising spiritual gifts. And a bit of a story for me. I've I've had a oh I don't know twenty year journey at least thinking about my motivation and with God teaching me stuff about what motivated me. And what God wanted to have motivate me instead. Um, For the longest time, I was motivated by anger. That was sort of the fuel that caused me to be able to work 50 and 60 hour weeks and to uh, just pour it on. And, uh, you know, anger, it was like, you're either with me or get out of my way. That was sort of the attitude. That, that I took as I did the Lord's work. Um, but the thing is that, that tapping into anger like that, it was motivating, but it, it wasn't something that I was able to turn on or off. If I was tapping into anger, I was pretty much angry all the time. And that was a, a really uncomfortable way to live, not only for me, but for others uh, who um, lived with or near me, and at a time in my journey with Jesus, he made it really clear, helped me see my anger, helped me understand where it came from, and said, I'm going to take that away from you, wow, what a gift, to be able to live without being always angry, And then later Jesus showed me how fear has motivated me and sometimes kept me from risking, almost demotivated me. But other times it it just caused me to do things. uh, uh, And again, uh, it just created uh, such energy inside of me that um, uh, if I'm trying to do something because I'm afraid, don't get in my way because fear causes me to do all sorts of things I don't want to do. And then after that, uh, the one that was really, really hard for me was um, God showed me how I was motivated by self-promotion, by wanting other people to think that I was, what, cool, holy, attractive, I don't know. And over a period of uh, a year or so, God took that away from me. And it was hard, but it was a blessing. And then I retired like, like uh, a little bit more than two years ago. And one of the questions that really came up, even before I was retired, was, where am I going to find motivation? Because you know, I didn't have a job where I was being paid, and uh, you know, you just have an obligation to to keep at it. Uh, um, I didn't have other people who were um, expecting things of me at work. Um, where was I going to find motivation? I started thinking about that, and the first thing is anger, fear, and self-promotion; those are off the table. I have no desire whatsoever to go back to uh, any of those to find motivation. I started thinking, I thought, you know, as a Christian, probably love should be something that motivates me. (laughs) And I thought about that, and and it actually took me a while to see it. Uh, Finally, God started showing me ways in which I do things that maybe are uncomfortable or or demanding or something like that, and I do them because of my love for other people. And uh, I'm so grateful that God showed me that. And then it's also clear to me that I do some things out of duty. I pay the bills. I don't like paying the bills. I work uh, with Martha on our family's budget. I'd rather not do that stuff. I want even less to have the bills go unpaid or uh, not to uh, manage uh, our money well. And so I pay bills, I cook, I clean. Sometimes I mow the lawn, I take my dog for a walk, I just do stuff because, um out of duty, it's also out of love, but it's just, it's what I'm supposed to do. And more recently, God has helped me see how uh, passion can be a motivator. Um, happened a, f- a few months ago, I was thinking about um, church and was thinking, you know, there are some, probably some parts of church that could use some administrative leadership and uh, and I thought about doing that. And I thought, I suppose I could do that. If you really want me to, God, you better, you better make it clear. Because that isn't what, what I want to do right now. And then I started thinking, actually, what I'm passionate about is being on the worship team. Yeah. Other people are, too. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a joy making music. And it's such a joy um, leading people in worship and so motivated by passion and then most recently I started thinking what I'd love to be is motivated by joy wouldn't that be cool and recently God's been showing I've been studying uh, to become a spiritual director for people who are making their way through the Ignatian spiritual exercises And I'm not going to take time to explain all that now, but if you're interested, I'd be happy to talk with you. And just seeing the Ignatian theology and the Ignatian spirituality and the way that God worked through that man and the way that God can work through uh, Ignatius's ideas even today, it it makes me happy. I love seeing that. And uh, I have been working pretty hard recently, uh, I had a, a Zoom class uh, Friday and yesterday, like from 8:30 to 3:30, and all sorts of preparation. And you know, oh, by the way, I was preaching on Sunday, and so been busy. But it, it's been motivated a lot by joy. But then when I look at this passage of uh, what Paul wrote, it almost seems like he's saying uh, that there are some people who maybe aren't. Motivated, They just uh, don't want to give themselves away. They don't want to uh, do what it takes to be God's gift to other people. And, uh, and Paul um, didn't have a lot of patience, I think, with those folks. And this guy who was so gifted... I mean, if anybody could have just coasted on gifts, it was Paul. And he says, ain't no way I'm coasting. He he says, I'm like an athlete. I run my body ragged in order to be in, uh, in shape, able to perform so that what? I won't be disqualified. So what if we aren't motivated and... Motivation, it, it comes and goes, doesn't it? Sometimes it's higher. Sometimes it's lower. Sometimes it, it's just a, a joy to, to be working on something, to be moving forward. And other times, um, I wonder why I sit and watch Netflix so much. Um, why might people not be motivated? They may be afraid. Um, I have uh, tried a number of times in my life to, to be a personal evangelist, to talk with another person about the gospel and to lead that person to Christ. And every time I've tried to do it, um, I've ended up looking like and feeling like a fool. It's... And, and now it's something that, that um, I really have to screw up my courage to do that kind of thing. Something uh, uh, where fear takes away my motivation. Sometimes uh, we feel discouraged. It's something that we're passionate about that we're asking God to do, and God decides, uh, not now, maybe not ever. Um, and uh, we just wonder, well, God, why? Uh, and maybe I'd have just give up. Or maybe we don't believe that God can transform us. I don't know enough, I'm not holy enough, I don't pray enough, Uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) God, I'll tell you from personal experience, can transform us even when uh, we aren't uh, very qualified for transformation. Or maybe we're we're choosing uh, deliberate, habitual sin, and uh, there's been times in my life where, where that was a good description of me and it just sort of put this this barrier between me and the gifts God uh, wants to give through me and the other people that um, <clears throat> that God wanted to give them to it just uh, it disqualified me it took me out and then some people uh, they say ah Serving God, giftedness, uh, being God's uh, uh, instrument to pass stuff on to others. And that's okay, but mostly what I want to do is, is I, wanna, I bought my fire insurance. I prayed the prayer. I, I came up to the front or whatever it was I did. And um, I pretty much just want to slip into heaven and uh, pretty much... I'll, I'll take care of being God in my life right now. And that's that's such a gross misunderstanding of, of what it means to uh, be a Jesus follower. It's, uh, it's not even close to what Jesus intends for us. So I'd, I'd like to talk now uh, about the thing that I am uh, really passionate about in this teaching and that is falling in love with Jesus I think that when I fall in love with Jesus when I fall more deeply in love with Jesus um, that is this motivation engine inside of me that, that, that uh, leads me to do all sorts of things. A guy named Pedro Arupe, who was the head of uh, the worldwide Jesuits from uh, 65 to 83, 1965 to 1983, he wrote, "Nothing is more practical than finding God. That is, than falling in love with Jesus in a quite absolute, final way. What you are in love with." What seizes your imagination will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you will do with your evenings, how you will spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love. Stay in love. And that will decide everything. And that's what Jesus invites he inv- invites us to fall in love with him like that. And, and he helps us. Uh, <clears throat> years ago, when I, uh, right after I graduated from high school, I spent a week at a United Methodist youth camp. I went to a Methodist church then. And uh, it was right on Lake Tahoe, which is, if you've been to Lake Tahoe, I mean, what a gorgeous place. And there was this camp, and we were driving in, and they had this uh, sort of gate at the entrance to the camp, and hanging on the gate at the top was a banner that said, Carry on, love is coming to us all. Yeah, and Young, yeah. And uh, that, that was so cool because it was a really popular song and Crosby, Sills, Nash, and Young, were. I'm way up on the cool quotient. And, uh, but it was also cool because it was a promise. And it was a promise that just made my heart leap. I said, I want that. And through that week, God gave me a revelation that I hadn't had before when he showed me all sorts of people who were deeply in love with Jesus, and it changed their lives. It made them uh, happy. Christians who are happy. Joyful, even. It it motivated them. It it, uh, turned them into new creation people. And seeing that, I mean, I wanted what it said on the banner. I really wanted, want what those people had. I want to be so in love with Jesus that, uh, that it just bubbles up and, and, and uh, spills out. God gave me a gift of love and that gift that week has pretty much set the course for the rest of my life now falling in love with Jesus uh, it's, it's uh, mostly something that God does but we also play a part And the thing that we can do to to come into that experience, to come into touch with God in whatever way it is for you. And you've you've many of you had experiences that just left you head over heels in love with Jesus. And God does that again and again in our lives, it's not just once. And, and it's important for us to understand that, that it isn't anything that we do that, that creates that kind of experience, that kind of love relationship. Um, we seek God because God first seeks us. Uh, <clears throat> being in love with Jesus is, is just this free gift that God gives us that we can't earn. But we do. We also play a part. Our efforts are necessary but not sufficient. Nothing's going to happen if God doesn't show up. That's where all the, fish, so the sufficiency lies. But it's not always, but often just as true that nothing's going to happen unless I show up. And God invites me to, to uh, show up to seek him There are things that we can do to show up. There are things that we can do to seek Jesus. Um, Probably the most important one is to just spend time with God. And time with God and nobody else. And if it's five minutes or if it's five hours or whatever it is that, that God makes possible, for you. That's something that we can do. We can't transform ourselves, but we can put effort into certain things, and the biggest of those is showing up. Just spending time with Jesus. We can fill our minds with scriptural truth. That's where we find the mind of God. That's where God, one of the main places where God reveals himself to us, lets us know what he's like, what his personality is, what, can, what we can expect from him, what he expects from us. And the way we fill our minds with scriptural truth is by spending time just seeping in it like a, a tea bag seeps in, in a cup of hot water. We can immerse ourselves in Christian community. We can be with other people who are loving Jesus and seeking to be his people. Not everybody in our lives is like that. But God gives us the opportunity to just have passion and values and a way of seeing the world planted in us through Christian community through being with other people on this same journey and then I'm sort of a a contemplative introvert and so for me practicing spiritual disciplines just various ways of saying God I'm here for you Uh, do whatever you want to in me And those can be anything from serving, silence and solitude, worship, simplicity, just trusting that God's going to provide what I need, fasting, doing without, in order to find more of what God's offering. Celebration is a spiritual discipline. Um, And next week when we have baptism, you'll get an experience of celebration as a spiritual discipline. So these things that we can do uh, uh, to seek Jesus, they're a way that we can show up. They are a way that we can put ourselves in the path of God's transforming grace so that God has every opportunity to work in us, to transform us, to change us into people who are fully qualified to be God's gift to others. Um, This would be a great time for the worship team to come up. So, I really want to issue an invitation to you. And I so hope that God will use this to, uh, to work in you. But just consider these two questions. How much do you desire to fall more deeply in love with Jesus. And we can be honest about that. And and we can even say to God, um, God, uh, honestly, not desiring it as much as I'd like to. Would you please plant that desire in me? And then given that, what's one step that you're going to take? this week to, to show up to seek Jesus and I suppose the third one ought to be then do that